Hello and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. I am your host, Rado Palamario, Global Logistics and Supply Chain Practice Head for Morgan Phillips Executive Search. My job is to connect you with global experts, thought leaders and executives in all things supply chain. This is, this is episode 11 and I'm happy to have with us today Ditlev Blicher, CEO Asia Pacific for DB Schenker. Originally born in Denmark, Ditlev oversees the 14,000 employees currently operating across 400 locations in 20 countries through the Asia Pacific region for DB Schenker. With over a decade of experience based in Asia, Mr. Blicher is no stranger to the region. Prior to joining DB Schenker, he was most recently president of Asia Pacific and Europe and co-president for the Global Freight Forwarding and Executive Board Member for a multinational supply chain company. He received his bachelor's degree in business administration from Northwood University and completed the executive studies at Oxford University. Ditlev, welcome, and it is a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Uh, so let's start a little bit with, with some questions regarding the industry. So uh, in terms of the top strategic directions that Schenker is trying to achieve in the next years, could you share with us some of the top goals for the company by uh, that, that the company is trying to achieve in APEC by 2020? Sure. So uh, really, our our core focus is around the client, um, and uh, started about a year and a half ago, where growth uh, was was lacking, uh, honestly, in in our organization at large. So we put a lot of focus on the client and on growth, and uh, you know from from that we really had a record year in 2017, uh, by far the, the highest growth rates in, in Asia Pacific, but more importantly, also globally. So every one of our four products uh, were growing uh, globally. So we're very happy with that. Super. Um, and, and obviously, uh, we're looking at the, the industry and it's transformed radically in, in the last couple of, uh, couple of years, and it's accelerating because of technology. So what, what technology trends do you see and, and which one is most likely to make an impact by 2020 or the next years? Oh, there's many that, 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 that's moving. And, and we really, we, we recently kicked off, again, a, a big focus on uh, the many movements technologically that, that's occurring in our industry. Uh, we truly look at our industry as a burning platform. Uh, and it comes across a little bit more negative than we really take it. We take this as... Uh, as an opportunity for us. So that includes uh, the, the likes of uh, digitalization, uh, robotics, uh, artificial intelligence, what, what, what have you. Uh, but, but more so, it's, it's really about getting, getting close with your clients and exploring what are all of these new things that are happening on the horizon, how we can apply those. As before, there's also a lot of hype involved in it, and it's essential that we uh, have a methodical way by which to sift through what, what's happening and only apply uh, apply the aspects that have a true value add. Um, and in case of a failure, then fail fast. Uh, so this is, um, from, from our standpoint, it's not one, one aspect that we're focusing on, but we're very engaged in, in, in all of these very exciting things that, uh, that are occurring. Okay. And then it is true that uh, at the end of the day, uh, technology is uh, is overhyped, or certain technologies are overhyped, and you need to make sure that it is something pragmatic and practical for the client before uh, you know uh, jumping full uh, full steam ahead. Um, and what what are some of the biggest challenges that you see logistics companies in general and Schenker in in particular when uh, when trying to to f- implement some of these technologies? Well, I think I think it's exactly that. It's selection. 
Mm-hmm. There, there's a whole plethora of of company of upstarts of technologies, and there's a lot of pressure, you know, um, from uh, fr- from the environment in terms of pushing pushing the needle forward. So I really think the biggest obstacle for us and for the industry, maybe maybe for many industries right now, is to make meaning out of the madness. So our approach as an organization was we went through a filtering mechanism where we took the 140 leaders of the organization. We mapped out everything that we saw of the horizon that was of impact to our uh, to ourselves and to our clients. And then we distilled that into 10 uh, strategic beliefs, if you will. So these are areas that we believe are going to be really important to the cl- our clients or, or to us. Uh, that could be both technologically, that could be from a people standpoint, uh, from many different aspects. Uh, and that has given us a good guide path for which to deselect aspects that we believe are hype and to select the things that we truly believe that there's going to be an importance. Mm. And then map it to the DNA of the organization. Correct, a, correct. Um, it's a good way of, uh, of doing it, obviously. And, uh, and, and also, I mean, it, it ties very well uh, in the client-focused approach that you mentioned earlier. So moving a little bit uh, to, to that uh, aspect, you are working with some of the top shippers and manufacturers in the world. Um, what are some of their biggest challenges? Uh, what are some of their biggest problems that, uh, that they are currently facing? And, and how is D.B. Schenker trying to address that? So I think most, many industries that we deal with, including our own, are changing uh, on many different uh, axes, if you will. So it's not, a, it's not a monochromatic problem or challenge or opportunity that we're looking at. It's essentially after certainly our industry have had relative stability in terms of how it's operated, how it's looked, and what the differentiators were has been fairly stable over the past decades. All of a sudden now, um, whether it's it's, uh, technologically driven, whether it's uh, consumer demand, we're seeing a lot of changes on uh, um, on a lot of axes, uh, as, as I call it. And this is happening simultaneously. So I believe the biggest challenge for us, as well as for many of our clients and, and, and friendly competitors, is to, um, is to shift from a stable environment where optimization, you know, was what, what was critical into being, um, being more agile. You know, how do you create a culture that becomes comfortable with failing or failing quickly, as I mentioned before? You know that's very much a cultural component, uh, more so as a than a singular technology, if you will. And this is this is something that uh, that that we've really put as our preeminent uh, focus. That's around you know getting that culture to shift from being precision focus and stability into really uh, embracing the future, embracing uh, new aspects on an ongoing basis, and take them from being potentials into being actual value adds for ourselves and our clients. Yeah. And I mean, uh, interesting uh, to, to tap on what you just uh, shared. I mean, I think that's, that's happening throughout industries. Mm-hmm. Logistics has been, uh, has been for many, many years, actually, you can call it a more traditional, steady industry. But now with technology, with all these startups, with all these smaller, nimble players that, that are very quick to adapt, that are very quick to, um, to innovate, 
uh, everybody is being forced to step out of the comfort zone and try to uh, try to match them. Um, and uh, and yeah, and a lot of times it's not a lot of uh, it's not a very long duration that uh, that comes in place between uh, activation to implementation. So I think that's uh, that's crucial. Uh, timing is crucial nowadays. Um, and uh, and talk about uh, new developments. I think you also uh, we saw a lot of developments specifically about one solution that DB Schenker is uh, is very strong in, which is the rail solution. And there's been a lot of uh, uh, development between APEC to Europe. So uh, can you tell us uh, more about what Dibyshenko is doing about that in the region? Yes, that's actually interesting because that's very much of an old economy technology, if you will. You know, so uh, rail has been been in place for many many years. Uh, obviously, uh, from uh, from our uh, our DNA, we're very close to to rail from being part of of uh, German rail or Deutsche Bahn. Um, only recently. Um, has the connection of um, Asia and Europe become really viable? Uh, we've been a pioneer and a market leader uh, in that, and um, we're, we're still a market leader. And it's become a real alternative, a real tool in the uh, in the uh, uh, in the design of supply chains today. That's one component that's very important for us, and the second component is the, um, the Silk Road, if you will, or the One Belt, One Road uh, initiative, you know, which is really focusing on not just the, the, uh, the origin and the destination, but certainly also on, on, the, on all the points and all the markets between Asia and Europe. So we continue to, uh, to, to lead in that regard and very happy to, uh, to share that uh, just recently have we, uh, ha- have we started... Um, uh, perishable, perishable transport in our rail solution as well uh, into not just all the way but also to Moscow. Wow, mm-hmm. very good. And I mean, it's uh, yeah, the the one belt one road definitely is going to shape is shaping already the way uh, the way the routes and the trade uh, trade zones are being uh, established. And I think China is leading tremendously on on that aspect. And it's good to capitalize on it and to to get on the train if you may not uh, not get hit by the train so it's a it's a good product to have um and if you were uh, if you were an investor and if this is a tricky question to ask but if you were an investor which technology related startup would you invest in and why i think as um as mentioned before there's a, there's a plethora of 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 options uh out there um so as, as an investor, I think I would I'll be focused on one that would be cap that would be focused on on clients and capturing markets, um, and would also already have a captured customer portfolio, if you will. So there's many ingenious uh, technologies out there or platforms um, that don't really get very far because the um, they don't really have a, a client base with which to engage. So I see where there is a close connectivity to an existing client base that that technology can help bring forward. So I think that access point is, is important, um, as well as just pure client centricity. You know, so some is it you know uh, an organization or solution or a platform that is really focused on client uh, you know client um, value that it, that's bringing forward. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, I can't share with you one uh, like a stock tip or anything yeah. like that as, as it stands. But you know, it's it's more the, the DNA of the organization than it is a particular. I don't want a one trick pony. 
yeah. if you will. Yeah. You know, things are moving so rapidly these days that it's really about the DNA of a particular organization that I that would attract me more so than the latest and greatest mousetrap. Got it. And and talk about the DNA and in, indeed uh, all organizations and the best organizations, the, the DNA comes down to people. It's what we do. Uh, it's it's also what uh, what uh, what we engage on a regular basis with our clients in terms of headhunting services. It's the same in in Schenker, and I'm sure that the, you know to achieve all the goals that you've set by 2020, uh, it has to be done uh, through people. So in terms of finding the right uh, skill sets to take the organization to the next level, what types of skills would you say are are critical uh, and and you're trying to find, develop, or import into division? Right. It's an interesting question, actually. You know, uh, being based out of Germany and with a, with a long history in Germany that has a proud uh, tradition of apprenticeships and put a lot of uh, pride and, and focus into our craft, if you will, unlike other places in, in the world where you don't have the system of apprenticeships or formal education within shipping and, and, and logistics. Um, that makes us one of the best places to learn, you know, as, a, as an organization, uh, because we've, we've, got, we've got the formal basis of that. Uh, going forward, uh, as, as our environment is changing, we're very much focused on that as an organization. You know, uh, what becomes critical is adaptability. You know, so we're looking at the, the, the DNA of the people that we are bringing into the organization, you know, and also we are reviewing our structures internally. How do we make ourselves a lot more nimble and more, a lot more uh, adaptable? Um, in addition to that, there are particular skills, you know, that are becoming more and more important. Some that didn't really exist, you know, a couple of decades ago, um, you know, and, and others that did exist but weren't really applied. So here we're talking about uh, statisticians, uh, computer engineering, uh, quants, mathematicians, and the likes, which traditionally has not been in the DNA of a, of, a, of a freight forwarder, but it's so important right now. The data analytics of our business, this is where there's so much upside potential. Um, so we're deploying that at different levels in the organization, um, uh, whether it's in, in, in central sort of innovation hubs that we have, some of which are purely internal, some of which are set up uh, in collaboration with our clients or throughout in our normal management ranks or, or in, in our internal trainee programs. And these are some of the quote-unquote newer skills, if you will, that we're bringing to the table, you know, in order to drive the organization forward. Um, I think... We, we're very focused on our organization needs to be really pushed forward from the ground up. Uh, you know, you can, you can achieve so much with a, with a top-down approach. But when things are moving this rapidly, it's so important that you have an empowered and a diverse workforce in terms of skills and backgrounds that can capture, on these, uh, capture these new trends and have the autonomy, if you will, to drive the organization forward. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the, the data, data science and data analytics capabilities. I think that's something that we are seeing uh, from a headhunting perspective. We've been asked by clients across industries. So it seems to be like the mecca of skill sets. It's something that is very, it's fairly, uh, it's fairly new. Uh, very few people know how to do it well. 
Um, but it's becoming more and more a differentiator between the businesses that succeed and the businesses that maybe don't quite make it because it's the ability to really look in depth into your business, into the numbers and with, uh, withdraw some insights out of it to be able to action it. So it's, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned it as a uh, focus point in, in DB Schenker as well. Um, and, and indeed, this entrepreneurial mindset almost that you were talking about in terms of being able to be grooming or importing leaders that, that, that can have that capacity to be fast, to think fast, to fail fast, but fail, uh, fail quickly. Um, and, and shift the business is, is again something that we're seeing also on the, on the side of, of, uh, of our business. Um, but we also have obviously logistics as people that have been doing this for 20, 30 years uh, as well. And what skills do you think they should be focused on? And it might be a little bit of an overlap, but the people that are already in the industry for many, many years, how can they continue to add value? How can they retrain themselves on this? I think it's important to also note from uh, what we just mentioned before, you need both sides of the equation. You know, you can't just have mathematicians or or some of these these new skills. It's very important, you know, that you understand your clients, you understand the the guts of supply chain, uh, if you will. So, uh, within I think within our existing you know ex- existing business and and uh, and staff also in our industry that's been in the industry for a long time, uh, my recommendation there would be. Number one is not to be afraid, you know, of of these trends that are happening. It is it's very easy to be caught up in um, it, it being fearful, all of these changes and so on and so forth. When it boils down to it, when you peel back the onion, you know, it's actually not that scary, you know. So that challenge consistently is and instead of being fearful of what's happening, embrace that and saying, okay, it's actually not that difficult. What it could do, and what the whole intent is to make what we've been doing for our organized, for our clients over the past decades. How do we optimize that? Here are some new tools that you're bringing bringing to bear, if you will. Um, so, I I think there's there's a lot of there is a, a lot of value it, that we already have in our organization and in our industry. Applying that with new technology, I believe, is the key. Mm. And and uh, and also uh, there's uh, and again coming back to the practicality and pragmatism of the new technologies and there's a few startups that failed on this principle that, that they were too disconnected from the the clients that they were trying to serve so uh, they were uh, geeks uh, so to speak that that, yes. that did not have the connection to the industry so then yes you're trying to solve a problem but without fully understanding the problem so then it you you exactly. have the risk of being too theoretical. Um, and uh, and in terms of, uh, if I'm to ask you also, in terms of the leadership team in Schenk, obviously uh, you're you're sitting on the most um, and you're you're leading the most uh, one of the most successful and and uh, and prominent regions, uh, the APEC regions. But what attributes are you looking for when it comes to taking the company to the next level? What are you looking for in the guys in in the in the in the team in your team? So I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for, for for team members who. Do exactly what I what I mentioned. That has a you know experience in, in who we are as an uh, as an organization and what are the needs that we're trying to fulfill with our clients, and is excited about the future. You know that are seeing opportunities from this. You know to embrace the new technologies that we are applying. Um, I think that's a, that's a number one. Um, always look for people that 
spend a lot of time and enjoy spending time with our clients and with our employees. You know, this is where when things are moving very rapidly, you cannot be stuck in your box. You have to be out understanding how the needs, the wants uh, are changing uh, amongst us. Um, thirdly, I would say I have an absolute focus on uh, a team a team methodology, you know, that people are dedicated to uh, making the team uh, operate, um, particularly because our, our services are now becoming much more intertwined with those of our clients as well as our, our suppliers, you know. So whereas beforehand you had a very neat box, and this is vendor and this is customer, now those lines are getting a lot more blurred. Um, so I think from, from that standpoint, um, you know, a big focus on, uh, on team delivery is, is important. Um, and uh, and uh, if we had to talk a little bit also about the, the topic of culture, because it's, uh, it's key, it's important, coming back to also the DNA of an organization, um, you're obviously one of the top influencers for the Schenker uh, culture. Are there some leadership principles that you follow in your day-to-day work? Yes, I mean, we've, um, as part of our rollout, you know, in terms of pushing the organization forward, we'd identified six uh, core values of, uh, of the organization. Um, from a personal level, um, in, in my leadership style, if you will, uh, authenticity uh, is, is important uh, that I try to, I to just both lead by and, and also inspire, inspire my teams uh, to do so. Um, a commitment to the mission, you know, so a true commitment, you know, to, to what we're trying to, to accomplish uh, is, is important to me. And then consistent, consistent behavior, uh, if you will. Those are some of the things that I'm trying to, uh, to, to apply to, uh, to my leadership style. Mm. And you got me curious. So what are the other three? Uh, so you mentioned that the six, the six behaviors that uh, Schenker has identified. Right. Uh, we have um, it's called walk the talk. So mm-hmm. this is essentially leading leading by example. Um, it is one of them. Uh, one team, one goal mm-hmm. is very much internally about how do we how do we align and how do we align around a goal or a mission, uh, if you will. Um, then we have um, um, let's see if I remember push limits. So mm-hmm. pushing limits is really challenging challenging the status quo, uh, you know, whether it's with, with our clients um, or whether it's internal, what, what's, what's possible, what's doable, push ourselves out, mm-hmm. um, uh, take clients further. Uh, and, and this is, um, this is very much about customer centricity um, and that we're, we need to apply in everything that we're doing, whether you're working, you know, in an in-house department uh, uh, or the like, um, and how many, how many was that? Uh, win together uh, mm-hmm. is is maybe the sixth one, uh, where we we're taking a different approach with suppliers mm-hmm. uh, as well as with uh, with our clients. I mentioned before that we have innovation labs set up with some of our our large clients. Uh, we are now large clients of some of our clients, uh, so it's a lot more symbiotic. Um, uh, collaboration, you know, that we're seeing because everybody's ground seems to be shifting. Um, so that, that degree of collaboration seems to be uh, uh, 
very much uh, core mm. of, of what we're doing. So those are, I think I mentioned all six. Yes. Um, those are our six core values. These are penetrated uh, throughout throughout the organization. Um, and, you know, a, a very important component of us in terms of pushing ourselves forward as, a, as an organization mm-hmm. to achieve our strategic targets. And thanks for sharing, uh, sharing that with us. Um, and what would be on the personal side, uh, you know, obviously you're a, you're a highly successful uh, executive. What is a personal habit that contributes to your success? Personal habit. Um, I think, um, as, as mentioned before, you know, trying to stay authentic, you know, at the end of the day, you know, can I look myself in the mirror, you know, in terms of how I engage with, uh, with clients in terms of the promises that I make to our clients or to, uh, to our teams, uh, our people, and of course, to, to our shareholder uh, as well. Um, outside of that, um, personally, I take a lot of uh, um, uh, inspiration from running. Um, so I both in terms of being able to, to push, uh, push, push yourself, uh, but it's also sort of meditation uh, for me. I, I think very well when, uh, when I run, when you get your, you know, your body to operate in a, in a certain manner, it, it frees up, uh, I think, creative uh, creative capacity. So those are maybe a couple of couple of aspects that mm-hmm. I can share with you. Uh, and do you have anything uh, when it comes to staying uh, and it's, it's a forever changing uh, or, or changing ground, like you said, or, or shaking ground, but do you follow any sort of supply chain resources or websites or reports or how do you get your information? How do you keep yourself updated? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I think, I think from that standpoint, I've, yeah, I, I read some publications, but almost the, the thought of publications have, has disappeared, you know. So I have a number of, of different filters in place, you know, where I scan scan the market for, for news. A lot of these come directly from, um, you know, from, from companies. Uh, a lot of them come from, from blogs or, or indeed from, uh, from, from uh, media just as, as this one. Um, other than that, in terms of publications, maybe more for general uh, information are, are the likes of... Um, uh, the Economist, or we're a German organization, so Handelsblatt is is an important important aspect, and then Seabury and you know different uh, Journal of Commerce, those, those yeah. types of aspects. But uh, I can't say that I have one or two or three sources of information anymore. I've got a couple of filters, you know, that will scan scan a news feed for me, if you will. Mm. And and if you could, uh, and we're getting to the to the last stage of the, of the interview, but this is a very important question for the younger generation that's listening to the podcast. So if you could give some advice to a 23-year-old graduating university and uh, wanting to achieve a great career in logistics, what would that be? I would say come talk to us. You know, we are, we are an organization on the move. Uh, we have really, uh, we, I believe that we really pushed the organization mentally and culturally forward over the past 18 months, not just here in Asia, but this is truly a global, uh, global phenomenon. Um, so we are very much embracing uh, the future. And importantly, so it's very much at the top of our agenda. Um, and we also have the means and the stability for us to actually invest and capitalize on these trends. Um, so it's we're, we're we're methodical at the same time we're trying to apply some some agility um, to that. So I would say come come talk to us. We are very much uh, focused on continue to be 
sucking up talent, if you will, uh, in uh, in the market. And then I think from a from a personal uh, stem or piece of advice, maybe to to new entrants into the uh, into the people, regardless of what uh, what age that you may be, um, and be prepared for continuous learning. You know, continuous adaptability uh, and and agility, as it were. So that would be my two two cents on that. Thank you, and I mean, obviously, the the, the syntax, I think, uh, uh, which is uh, learn, uh, unlearn, and relearn, is, has never been as uh, as uh, uh, prominent as it is today. So I think that's something that we should all uh, have very clear as a, as a mantra nowadays. Uh, Ditlev, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for sharing uh, insights with us today, and appreciate to have you as our guest. Absolutely, a pleasure. See you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow us on radopalamario.com slash podcast for all the show notes, links, and extra tips covered in the interview. Make sure also to subscribe to our emailing list to get the news in the nick of time. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes or Stitcher and you like what we do, please kindly review and give us five stars so we can keep the energy flowing and get more people to find out about our podcast. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me to stay tuned for our latest uh, articles as well as future guests for the podcast and if you have any suggestions or any other idea please feel free to write to me i respond to all and also please make sure not to miss our next episode where we will be having a few other c-level and top leaders in supply chain joining us stay tuned